Hello and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. Welcome to our tactical debrief of Aston Villa 1, Manchester United 2, where we take an in-depth look at the performance, player profiles, player average positions, passing networks. We go to the tactical pad, we have a look at the stats and the numbers from the game and we also have a look at still images and key aspects of that game. This episode is brought to you by SofaScore, the quickest football app going. It's absolutely an amazing app with so many stats, so many in-depth looks at player average positions. You'll get your lineup straight away as soon as they're announced. So many interesting aspects of individual performances, loads of different leagues to go across, and it is the quickest football app for live scores as well. So you can scan the QR code on screen. That'll download it for you. You can also go to the description of this episode. There'll be a link. Click it. It's free. And by clicking it and downloading it, it helps support this channel. So if you do enjoy our content and you want to get some of the information that I use on these episodes, go and download the best football app going. So it's free and helps the channel out massively. So, you know, if you want to help me, then download it and click the link and it helps me out massively. So how am I feeling initially? Um, And then we'll go into all of the interesting aspects of the performance. I'm feeling really positive and I want to get that out there first because we've not been playing great and I've been a little bit disappointed in a couple of performances recently and I've been waiting for a performance like this. Now, I know we lost the game, but for me, the bigger picture in the loss is the performance that we've been able to find the level required. Now, it wasn't the level required to win the game. I understand that. But the performance of individual players, the way the team looked, the shape of the team, for me, was 10 times better than what we've watched recently. And I am as positive as they come. And if we can build on this performance now and get some consistency and use this hurt and a bit of pain that the squad are probably looking at now, thinking, how did we lose that game? Then to me, that's going to give us a tiny edge going into the next couple of games because we need to use this performance as a springboard now. And focus on the next three games. The next three games are absolutely huge against teams that you'd look at on a piece of paper and think, we can can beat these. And I know that every team has its own permutations going into it. Every game that we're going to be playing is really difficult. Every team is fighting for something. But if we play with our level of control and the Unai way and our identity then we can get some real positive points in the next couple of games. I'm not being downbeat. I'm not being negative. I'm thinking positive about the next 14 games. We are having a fantastic season and we have to still believe that we can achieve something good this season. Why should we now be negative and disappointed and despondent and give up on this team? Because we have to believe as fans, we have to support the team. We have to believe that they can do it. We have to be there for this team. And our support has to be there for them. And yesterday really gave me an inner belief and 
kind of a backing of the team that I really want to back them and I really want to believe in them. And I think we can achieve something really good this season still. You know, we've we've just got to keep performing to a really high level, bring our standards, bring the bring the identity and bring the belief and bring the passion and the desire out. That's what we've kind of got to harness to take us over this line, really. So my feeling is super positive. Um, and I'm sticking by the team. I'm not being downbeat. I'm not being negative. And I'm backing them. I'm backing our team um, because I saw some really good things against Manchester United. And let's get into it then. Let's get into it. So let's go first up then to the tactical pad. And let's have a little look at some of the aspects of it. Some of the... Um, individual key areas that I felt like were good from, from a Villa standpoint. Um, and then we'll get into some of the numbers and then we'll have a look at some of the still images from the game as well. And so here we have the Villa lineup against Manchester United. Um, the key things for me when I was looking from the whole end were the shape of the team. There was a lot more balance, which I think you guys who regular watch me will understand that I've been a bit disappointed with the balance of the team, the balance of the left-hand side to the right-hand side to the midfield working for the midfield pressing. But against Manchester United, I looked at it and I was like, this is loads better. Loads better. We've got Longley, Carlos and Matty Cash. Matty Cash was generally on the halfway line. So he wasn't as advanced as what he'd been playing. But defensively, Cash, in the shape of the team, off the ball, on the ball, was 10 times better. 10 times better. He was decent with the ball at his feet. His positioning was better. With his positioning being better, it allowed Bubakar Kamara to play in a little bit more of a central role. He didn't have to screen too much. But then with that right-hand side being better shape, better positionally, it allows Moreno to go further forward. You know, I've been saying it for the last two bad results that the balance has to be better. But then what we found, we've balanced in midfield, balance at the back. We've got Jacob Ramsey picking up advanced areas, finding pockets of space, being able to turn and, and with his head up, there's players in and around him. McGinn's role was good, pressing from the front, dropping into that midfield area and Leon Bailey offering that <coughs> sorry, width out wide. So there we can see a better shape to the midfield, to the balance of the team. We were exploiting Manchester United. And Watkins at times was offering a little bit more of a role through there. But McGinn was offering sort of a, a striker presence at times. So balance, shape of the team, loads better. If Matty Cash can position himself like this, for the next 14 games, if we've had concert for, you know, a couple more games, we'll be a lot better. We'll be loads better. So initially, looking at the positions, from my standpoint, that's what I saw. In a second, we'll go to the passing networks and the average positions and we'll have a little look and, and we'll see whether my observations match what, what they're saying as well. So let's have a little look then at the tail of the game by numbers. So we've got XG, Aston Villa 2.50, Man United 1.80, Aston Villa's possession 56%, 4.5 to 
44% for Manchester United, 23 shots for Aston Villa, 10 on target, 17 for United, 5 on target for United, 10 corners for Villa. We've got four big chances for Villa, three big chances missed. So those are big XG chances where really the ball should be going in the back of the net. Manchester United, three big chances, one big chance is missed. We've got 481 passes, 87% passing accuracy for Aston Villa. 380 passes for United, 81% passing accuracy. Interesting, United 56% accuracy on crosses and Aston Villa at 13%. Uh, so here we have... The shots with XG by the minute, Aston Villa 2.99, Manchester United 2.50. Here you can see that Aston Villa's XG is spread across, you know, the course of 90 minutes, the same as Manchester United. But Aston Villa's, we've got pockets of, of decent chances across the course of that whole 90-minute performance. And that shows to me that Aston Villa were creating... Really good chances. Manchester United's were a little bit more in clusters and a little bit more in spikes. Here we have the the big one for me that tells the tale of, of this game. And, and stats sometimes can tell the tale of a game. Match dominance based on expected threat. Aston Villa 5.72. Manchester United 3.27. Again, you can see Aston Villa's is quite dominant. But what you can tell from Aston Villa's is when we're saying that Aston Villa battered Manchester United, Aston Villa's spells with expected threat are there's more spikes, there are thicker, there's more width to them. With more width on the expected threat, we'll tell you that the dominant the domination has been there. The team has been more dominant. You can tell that spell there in the second half where Aston Villa are absolutely on top. We are camped in the Manchester United half. There's so much more width in there. There's spikes. And, and that's where Aston Villa were really getting so much joy, exploiting Manchester United, kicking in front of that halt end. But the substitution of Leon Bailey, I think, halted Aston Villa going forward. And Manchester United grew into that game with that little bit of a spell in that second half. But you can tell here... Expected threat, match dominance. Aston Villa were the most dominant team in this game. Here we have the XG shot map. Aston Villa in the blue, absolutely peppering the Manchester United goal. We have a XG of the shot map of 2.99, Manchester United 2.25. You know, Villa getting a vast array of shots off in this game. It was absolutely mental. And here we have the Aston Villa danger creation. And this is where Aston Villa were really sort of exploiting Manchester United centrally. Time and time again, an easy ball through to Ollie Watkins, who was able to hold the ball up, was able to bring Jacob Ramsey into play. John McGinn was finding little pockets in that central area. So you can really see that this is where Aston Villa exploited the Manchester United midfield through the middle. And yeah, that there was a big threat going through that middle area for Aston Villa against Manchester United. Here we have the average positions for Aston Villa. You can see here that we are pretty dominant, camped in the Manchester United half over the course of the whole 90-minute performance. We've got Matty Cash, who is a little bit more defensive this game. We've got Kamara in there that's screening but holding that central role. And then every other Villa player is inside the Manchester United half. It shows a level of control, a level of domination from Aston Villa. And it was a real good performance. 
Here we have the passing network from Aston Villa. You know, this is so good for Aston Villa. You can see Matty Cash's position. You can see Kamara. You can see the triangles. You can see the triangles with Kamara, McGinn, Cash, Cash, McGinn, Bailey. Cash had a really good game. Um, Carlos's balls, you know, those balls from Carlos to Luis to Ramsey to Watkins, you know, those are, he's hitting those balls over five times. So that's why that network is in there quite a lot. We've got Moreno really advanced. Ramsey's picking up that great position as well. Watkins offering that focal point through the through the centre of the pitch as well. McGinn's position helping out that midfield role as well. So, you know, Villa put in a real good performance here and this shows it with our passing network. This is one of the best passing networks we've had all season. Manchester United's formation pretty much in in overrun at times you know that that that's a poor average position for Manchester United uh there's no width they're they're struggling to cope with Aston Villa and it's just not not a great average positions you know their passing networks breaking down in central midfield there's not really too much width there's no focal point and Aston Villa is dominant and you can tell that Fernandez Casemiro Mayno you know they're all scrambling around to to get any type of foothold in this game because Aston Villa played so much better, in my opinion. Um, so those are uh, the stats from the game. Those are the numbers, and as you you know, you can see that we played played really, really well. So here we now we're going to go and have a look at some of the um, big images, big talking points from the game. Here we've got the first goal from Manchester United. First contact is won by Maguire. Aston Villa positionally second to react, aren't we? It's it's a it's a poor goal to concede because we've left you know we've left Hoyland who is you know he's freezing. He basically he's free. We've got Watkins who you know if Watkins was standing in that line there, then it'd have been offside, but. You know, we really need to to win that second ball in the box as well. And as you can see, it goes to him. And, you know, we, 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 have we switched off a little bit defensively? Um, it's a poor one to concede. But here is one of the big positives for me, and that is Jacob Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey was brilliant for me. He was picking up that space, that pocket, and he had a performance of, a player that deserves to get another start and, and try and make this little position his own now going into the last 14 games. Picking up that pocket of space, great vision to begin here, and then we turn into that corner through there. As you can see, the ball has found John McGinn. Where's the Manchester United midfield? It's absolutely disappeared. And that nice little ball into Watkins uh, was something that we saw time and time again. The Watkins chance, massive chance, needs to score. It's a big chance. He needs to score. He needs to bury it. But again, Ramsey picking up space in that pocket. Not a Manchester United player anywhere near Jacob Ramsey. And again, big chance, goes wide, should bury it. We've got the John McGinn shot that was an absolute thunderbolt. Uh, found space in that pocket. Again, led the line with with Watkins really well. Another one is this one that we should have scored. Watkins should have scored, should have buried it. Um, 
big chance. Another big chance. Should have absolutely buried it. The Dougie Louise goal was a good goal. Found space really well. Dougie Louise, another one. Should have buried it. Absolutely buried it. Gets caught underneath his foot. Um, and then this is a, a great header. I mean, a great header. Um, shown more desire to get there, which is a bit frustrating. Uh, but great balling, great header. Should have got across him. But, you know, he got a charge on cash and, yeah, we ended up losing losing the game. But um, just a bit frustrating, a bit bit annoyed, really, that we, we, we ended up losing it. Um, but, yeah, here you can see McGinn's um, passing network, you know, helping to support Watkins as well. I thought, I thought McGinn had, had a good game. Um, so, yeah, frustrated that we lost, but so many positives for me especially from some of the players. Um, if we're going to pick <coughs> a couple of players, I think sometimes you can see that stats don't tell the whole picture of a player's performance. If we have a look at Ramsey's game, you know, he's got 86% passing accuracy, only won one of his five duels, won his aerial duel. But I thought Ramsey had a really good game. Um, Bailey, Bailey had a good game as well. He, you know, he had uh, four of his five ground duels, three of his... Three dribble attempts were successful. His aerial duels were won. Cash, have a look at Cash. Cash had um, only won three of his 10 ground duels, 81% passing accuracy. Two of his two crosses were accurate. Um, so, yeah, so I think sometimes stats can be misleading on the eye test, but I know a lot of you think I know what I'm talking about. So, um, you know, some of their eye test performances were, were really, really good. Um, the one aspect that I felt was we we don't know the full story with substitutions. So I would like to think that the Bailey substitution was tactical in a sense of they've known that maybe he can't do full 90. Maybe his levels, energy levels, what they're looking at, the data, you know, they all wear those bands with data on and it gets their data. They're, they're monitoring their data all through the game. It's so in-depth sports science. I hope that that's why he came off because pace was killing Manchester United. Diaby and, uh, and Watkins and... Bailey were absolutely running riots and Pace, Pace was going to get them. So I, I hope that it was tactical in that aspect because I'm not sure why he would have took him off. Caveating that, bringing on Tielemans, was he after more control in midfield? Probably was. That's why he brought Tielemans on. Wanted more of a foothold and more control in midfield. I could understand that slightly. But Bailey was running riot, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not sure why he, if he took him off, why he took him off. You know, it's a weird one. But we don't know the full story, do we? We, you know, we don't know the reason why Emery did it. So, but what I will say, for me, I think Diaby and Bailey might have to start against Fulham. 
because they were just electric. They were scintillating. It was dynamite. It was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, that's the one sort of negative I'd probably say was Bailey coming off. It was a bit frustrating, wasn't it? So, uh, but yeah, you know, they all had a good game. And I'll just say final thoughts, like, just be positive. Just let's not sort of, I can understand why some fans get a bit negative, like, because you get worried. You know, I understand that. I think sometimes some fans that are quite negative, it's that fear of being disappointed. And to not be disappointed, if you're being negative, you can't allow yourself to be that annoyed. So that negativity can help fuel like a bit of anger that can then sometimes be frustration. But I would say open it up a bit because we're having a good season, the best season we've had in years, and we've still got so much to achieve this season. And that negative vibe isn't going to help anything. So try and be positive. Try and see the best in a performance. And enjoy being a fan because that's why we are fans to to enjoy it. If 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 you get angry or frustrated or annoyed every single week, that's not great being a fan. So for me, you've got to be positive. You've got to remain optimistic. It's not over, and I wouldn't give up in life on a, on a scenario of. You know, Villa not going to do it. You know, United are going to do it now. I'm, I'm thinking we can still do it. So I'm positive. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Hopefully I've made the mood a bit better. Um, but yeah, if you do want to support the channel, then I would say you can do it in a couple of ways. You could be a channel member um, that's one ninety nine a month um, and it helps support the channel. Or... If you click this link that's on screen on the QR code, then you download SofaScore. Click the link that's in the description. It's free. Massively helps me out. Uh, so we'll start our content for Fulham uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a full week of Fulham content. Um, and, yeah, be positive. Let's believe in our team. Um, and let's just keep going. Keep Keep fighting up the villa.